Welcome to the Rick Roberts School of Laughs podcast, where we aim to make you bigger, better, and more bookable. From the aspiring comedian to the part-time pro, this is the podcast for you. We'll talk all things comedy from the page to the stage, and now it's showtime. Welcome to our very first School of Last podcast. My name is Rick Roberts, and I know we're lucky to have you guys listening because nobody has heard about this podcast before. So what is the School of Last podcast? For the past 12 or 13 years, uh, I've taught a comedy class in Nashville, Tennessee at Zany's Comedy Club. I've been performing comedy for over 20 years, and it's a fun way for me to kind of give back and, and let people know what I learned and also help them save years maybe of trying to figure some things out on their own. There's no way anybody could ever teach you everything you needed to know and you could go up and just knock it out of the park. There's so many things you have to get on stage and just feel it out and there's so many bumps and bruises you got to get. But there's a lot of things you don't have to go through and that's the whole goal of the School of Laughs in general. Uh, I'll give you business tips, I'll give you writing tips, I'll give you performance tips. Uh, we might even talk improv once in a while. But I'm going to try to give you all the advice I wish I would have had when I first started doing comedy over 20 years ago, back in the Stone Age, before GPS and cell phones. And now we're on podcasts, which is incredible technology, and it's going to be a lot of fun. There'll be some podcasts where I interview one-on-one with some individuals that are well-known comics, or people that produce comedy, or people that book comedy, or manage comedians, agents that help facilitate deals. I'll try to get different aspects, uh, people that have performed in different venues like cruise ships, comedy clubs only, theaters only, people that perform in front of church crowds only, just so you have a wealth of knowledge of all the different aspects you can take this comedy thing to. So if you're an aspiring comedian, maybe you're a speaker who's never been on stage and and never been funny, like you want to get that laugh from your crowd to help ease the tension in the room, maybe you've been doing comedy for three or four years but you don't have a group around you to help give you feedback, this podcast should be extremely helpful for you. At the end of the podcast, I'll mention plenty of different ways you can get in contact with us to get some questions answered if you have some. And definitely if you want to suggest some uh, people to record and interview with, I'm all for it. You can find out plenty of stuff about me by just hitting YouTube, Rick Roberts, R-I-K Roberts. Find out if you think I'm funny or not first. And if you don't think I am, then this podcast is not going to be helpful for you at all. But if you think I've got a few things together, I'll show everything I know. I don't know it all, but I'll show everything that I do. We're going to have a few different types of podcasts. Like I said, one is going to be the one I want to interview. Sometimes it'll just be me uh, with an idea I want to get to you, and it might be just a 15-minute podcast. And some are going to be like this initial one. I just wrapped up teaching a performance class here in Nashville, and we have a few students sitting around afterwards. Hello. Hello. Say everybody. Let them know you're here. Yay. All right. So you can tell that the, they're all zombies and they're the walking dead, but they're sticking around <laughs> for the podcast. And I'm going to call this series in the future uh, – kind of like a comedy campfire all right so we're all sitting around the mics just like we would a campfire and throughout the next 50 or 100 podcasts you'll see these listed as campfire podcasts and that's what these are just some one-on-one q a's after some classes so think of yourself in the position of these students and send in some questions but right now we're going to go ahead and kick off this first one and uh gavin do you want to lead us off gavin is our producer as well let me introduce gavin absolutely hello you heard his voice on the intro uh several times gavin will be interviewing me as well as some others as and as this thing moves along but gavin go ahead and kick us off absolutely um so so I, this is the first performance class i've ever done obviously i'm just starting out in comedy um and I, the the class starts off you have to develop 
three minutes of your own material. <laughs> That's very important. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> not somebody else's material. Um, and you come in and perform that. And, and then the feedback is uh, you sit down, you be quiet, and you listen to people's feedback. Um, why, why do you do that? Well, I mean, what's... You know, yeah. I, uh, this performance class I teach. Um, I learned some things from the Eddie Brill workshop, and Eddie Brill uh, picked the comics for Letterman for many, many years. He also okay. does crowd warm up for the Letterman show, right? And he would come through towns doing his headlining act, which was really good. And he kind of ran this workshop to kind of get you up on stage and, and get you some feedback. And I think he emphasized. If we're giving you feedback and you're sitting there rebutting everything we say, then you're not really taking the feedback. And it kind of ends up being a waste of your time. You can walk out of the class later and think, okay, I don't, I don't agree with this, this, or that, and I won't put these things into use. But you'll never get to that point if you're talking back the entire time. And the sure. hardest things <laughs> to do as a comedian sometimes is to listen to unsolicited feedback. This is yeah. solicited feedback from your fellow students as well as myself. And we're just finding constructive criticism to kind of help you move jokes further down the line. Right. So it also kind of trains you to sit on stage and not be talking, which is hard <laughs> to do too. Like when you're on stage performing, you're nonstop talking and you're afraid of silence. So just physically being up there for a second and not saying anything subliminally should help you just be in that space and being able to listen to the audience in front of you. Right. So think, think about, you know, if you're out there right now and you're listening to this and you don't have... Uh, ongoing open mic to go to and maybe you have to take a trip into a town that's 50 miles away this is pretty common for a lot of folks try to find one or two other newcomers they're gonna be the most likely to talk to you because they're not in the click yet or anything else right. and say hey will you pay attention to my set I'll watch yours and afterwards we can grab a cup of coffee and, and tell tell each other what we thought yeah you'll never be able to get that information from the crowd right but it'd be great if you can get some kind of system in place now where you can get it from some other people, even if it's the same level as you are, just beginning. You're going to have different perspectives on what you're doing up there. Yeah. Now, so personally, I mean, I, I came into this thinking it would be a lot easier than it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but to sit down and write three minutes of material, I, I mean, I probably could have you know, orchestrated a nuclear talk uh, easier than, than writing the three minutes of material. You know... The, the fear that was in me of performing that material the, the first class I guess took it all away like it made it okay to be to suck essentially right. you know um, that, that, that I think was a huge thing for me and probably a lot of newcomers is the fear aspect of the, of the class you know a lot of times it's their first time on stage it's the first time it's and we talked about it earlier that public speaking is like the number one fear in the world so having a safe place to kind of fail a little bit there's nothing wrong with that there'll, yeah. there'll be some comics that tell you you know you just need to go out there and take your lumps and figure it out yeah uh and not take advice from anybody else right but the whole time they're giving you advice on how to do it so, so as to throw myself upon the cross <laughs> um what would be an example of something that you told me uh, that I needed to work on in those in those uh, three-minute sets? Okay, so earlier we had this class, and, and Gavin has some great jokes, but they're buried underneath lots and lots of extra words. <laughs> and even when he gets to those great jokes, he moves right on to the next big set of words in front of the next big set of jokes. So it's all right. about brevity. Yeah. Uh, we talk about maybe you just could what if you just wrote this joke down as a tweet what would be the most important words you had to use right we talked about 
the rhythm of jokes. You know, the, if I start crying over here, you just you keep going. <laughs> well, it's, you know, but this is not just <laughs> no, you, though, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And sure. this is something I tell myself every time I get up on stage. When a joke is new, I will naturally ramble a little bit, even though I'm really focused on trying to get the smallest version of that joke out. Right. As you get used to it, you know exactly where the laughs are, and there's no reason to say anything that doesn't lead you right there. Yeah. So it's it's up there. I mean, you feel it. You're, it's personal stuff. You can stuff. definitely feel it. It's coursing through your soul how bad it yeah. is. And, you know, but one thing you I'll know no, it. I noticed about this particular group, and, and we do a workshop with eight in the performance class so we have time to give proper feedback, is that almost everybody in this group is, is saying pretty personal things, mm-hmm. some true-to-life things. And I think that's really admirable. When I first started out, I probably went eight years before I even talked about myself or anything real. I, it was all about superficial pop culture stuff, bands and music and trends and stuff, but nothing to where if, if the audience didn't laugh, I didn't feel like they weren't laughing at at my material. Right. They just weren't laughing at the premise I was presenting yeah. to them. So there's, it's weird how you guys are already ahead in that sense. Yeah. And you, and I think that's kind of the trend in comedy in general right now. If you look at guys like Louis C.K., who More personal. are not afraid to say it as bluntly or as raw or even as unpolished, maybe, as somebody has worked on an act for five years, Louis C.K. is telling you what he thinks every year at the end of the uh, year. Yeah. So it's it's raw, it's real, and I think people can really identify with authentic material. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that was kind of my goal is is to, yes, take the, compl- or the, the comments that were given and then try to figure out who I am in that material and then better present that. And right. So that was, you know, yeah, that, I don't know how I'm doing, but <laughs> well, I think everybody's doing fine so far. So, yeah. It's it's different for everybody, and and really just how you process. I mean, when you leave the club tonight on the drive home, oh, you can God, just ask yourself. That drive home is the worst. <laughs> well, here's what you do: ask ask three questions in a positive I'm going way. Home, when you I'm leave. drinking because I'm I gotta sleep at night. <laughs> well, not in the spare bedroom. Yeah. Not. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Ask yourself on the way out what one thing went really well. Yeah. What one thing did I learn, and what one thing can I apply towards next week? Right. You're three steps ahead of where you were. If you ask yourself why could, why didn't this go better? Right. Or why am I not doing this right? For for me, honestly, I mean, just to throw it out there, for me, it was preparation. I I found out that. Gavin, you can't write three minutes of material in 40 minutes before you need to show up. Like, that's beyond your skill level. Right. Um, you don't have a skill level, Gavin. Uh, you know, <laughs> that, it was, and then the, then the horrible comments in my own head started to just creep in. Um, but then, you know, this time I got four or five hours to write the material. Four or five hours for three minutes, you know, that was kind of more what I needed. And then mm-hmm. I probably need four or five or 20 or 50 more hours to hone that three minutes again. And, you know, yeah, you got that lift. was my Achilles heel. You got it's nice. You know, we do this workshop here on Mondays, and it'd be nice if you can kind of have your idea for your set done by Friday, so you can live with it Saturday, make some tweaks Sunday, yep. and then memorize the rest of it Monday. That was exactly it. Yep. So it's it's really tough to put it all together on Monday and not take a look at some notes. Yeah. Well, let's get somebody else to confess to the sure <laughs> what they've sure, done. Sure, lady, on. you have a thing or two you'd like to ask or. Yeah, um, I can ask a question. Um, <laughs> I knew those all day. Yeah. Uh, I will, I don't know, just, I, I relate well to that, and it was, oh, sorry. Um, just that drive home, and it was pre-performance class. It was, you know, people that weren't going to give feedback, yeah. and oh, so I'm not getting it, <laughs> That's right, it's good. man. It's a new skill. Look straight across the it top is, of the mic. You'll be is. fine. So, uh... Yeah, it, that, that is a cold feeling, but like Rick's saying, as long as you're doing those steps, I mean, you know, those feelings will pass, but 
what you learned and what you plan on learning that's that's gonna stay so that's cool um no i guess my question is when you do plan to write for three or five minutes is it arrogant to like plan for laughs i mean because you write the material and if they don't laugh you might do all your material in that less amount of time or i mean if you plan it i don't know if you plan exactly what five minutes of material without planned laughter you go over or you could go over right so you, does that make no i understand what you're saying you, yeah should i should i plan should i build the laughs into my three yeah, minutes is it set? arrogant to go well they're gonna laugh at this while yeah no it's not it's um it's it's appropriate yeah. but you should have a it's always better to have a little bit more prepared than you need right and finish with extra than mm-hmm. it is to come up way short like if you if you wrote what you thought would be a three minute set and it turns out to be a minute and a half then there's just an issue of knowing what your words look like on a piece of paper and how long they are mm-hmm. but you want to yeah you, you want to get used to, to being on stage practicing with a little pause where the laugh comes in and then take it from the next from there on to the next step you, you don't want to race past it when you're timing it out right right yeah that's 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 the challenge you don't want to be too wordy and you, you get those quick jokes out of the way but then uh how do you i don't know it's well it's, it's just you want to make it a natural as conversational as you can mm-hmm. but as purposeful as you can and the, the key to all of it is you you have to know where the punchline is mm-hmm. and there has to be an inflection or some kind of vocal or verbal or nonverbal signals to the crowd to start training them to laugh where you want them to obviously they'll laugh if it's funny but they need to know that this is the funny part you know gotcha. if it's subtle you, you even more need to do that it's good enough. So yeah. it's, it's conveying that I'm funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's the best thing you can do sometimes is just record a Comedy Central special, turn down the volume, and just look at the comic. And just look at how long he's pausing. And when he's looking at the crowd, you know that's when they're laughing, right? Mm-hmm. And just see the balance between the two. If you see him talking nonstop for 45 seconds and then there's only five seconds of the crowd's response, yeah. it's it's not a fair give and take. So there's there's little things you can kind of do to yeah. get the hang of it. But it's trial and error for the most part. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's it's not arrogant way. to think that you're right. going to get a laugh. That's what You need to be a little bit arrogant and, right. a, and confident and sure of yourself. If you're not, the crowd will walk all over you. Right. So to have that built in from the beginning is a great right. thing. Right. And at the same time, not get bitter if they don't laugh. Right. You too, can't get so. mad if they don't laugh. Yeah. you got to so stay focused on what right. is the next funny thing I'm going to say. Not right. that wasn't funny. Why aren't they laughing? Right. It's, it's a very mental. It's like, you know, you have to be the best version of you, like on overdrive mm-hmm. and thinking quicker and more succinctly than you ever do. And you got to do that in front of people. Right. So there's going to be a little learning curve and it takes some time. Absolutely. But it's a fun challenge. Yeah, that definitely um, flips my philosophy because when I was going out to open mics, I had this philosophy of, well, I'd rather end early leaving them wanting more than being disrespectful and planning to go over or because I, I felt so bad going over like that's someone else's time like well that's you know that's a good I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. you do want to be respectful of the time they give you if they say three you do three if they mm-hmm. say five you do five mm-hmm. and if you don't finish with your big joke right you know you didn't plan your set out right or they laugh yeah. extra at the earlier stuff yeah it's just an open mic it's not the Apollo exactly. you don't have to <laughs> throw the mic down on the way out right <laughs> right what's up so if you, if you get the light and, you're, and you just wrapped up a joke and it wasn't uh, your best joke you're done it's an open right. mic that's okay yeah and, and you learn to plan better for the next time or yeah. you learn to ask for a light 30 seconds before you wrap up right. so you can wrap up and do your quick 10 second joke and get out right. of there in a legit open mic they will have some sort of light to let you know and they'll even tell you if all you have is a couple of jokes that's fine that's what we're here we're here to try out jokes right. 
it's not a show, so it's okay if you have just a few jokes. You don't have to take up the whole time. So yeah, it gets to be more of an issue when you're in the club. Yeah, the club wants to see first and foremost: can you follow directions? Because if you can't do that, you can't. They're not going to trust you with their stage. Right. So that's why they only give you three to five minutes at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Plus, if it's not going well, it's only three to five minutes. <laughs> exactly. But they really are trying to watch and see if you're respectful and you, and you can play well with others. It's mm-hmm. just that simple. Absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely. Oh, yeah. We're just taking a break. That was our sponsor break. I'm sure we can edit that out. <laughs> I'll put one of those in well, there so you can find it. Uh, let's, uh, let's get someone else on in here. Um, who wants to go next? Which which victim? Can I go next? All right, don't 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 look scared. It's fine. <laughs> Prepping this really well. Now, Jay, Jay Lamar's hitting the, the mic now, and Jay Lamar's a good. He's been at this for a little over a year, and extremely focused on what he's trying to accomplish here, and I really respect that. And it, this is the, probably the third class you've been in. Right. Yeah. I this think. is the second performance class. Second time around the performance class, mm-hmm. and uh, so what's on your mind tonight? Uh, this this time um, I came more for stage presence and to get feedback on the things that have changed over a year because it's it's been about a year and a year of me doing comedy period and I wanted to make sure that I have grown and also work on some of the the stage presence like as far as um, my speaking because at first I was coming and like my three minute my three minute set that I had planned out turned out to be like a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure, like my biggest biggest issue was the pause breaks. So I was coming to make sure that, you know, everything was in line. But my question to you is, um, when it comes to stage presence, right, what is the, like where certain things should we look for in stage and like um, the type of stage that we hit? Like um, some stages aren't long, some are wide. But when we on that stage, what is the thing we should be focused on? Uh, first and foremost, you got to make sure everybody in the room can see you. So sometimes it, it means backing up on the stage and changing the angle of where the other comics have been. I see it here at this club where if they're more than three or four feet out from the wall, the people sitting to the right and behind them can't even engage in the show. So when you're on stage, you know they call it sight lines in theater. Make sure everybody can see your face so they can get the emotional part of your delivery as well. Because if they can't get that, they, they don't feel connected. So you definitely want to have that going on. Second, I think part of your question is like, how much of the stage do I use? Correct. Depending on the stage. I mean, sometimes you're, real, you're on a milk box sometimes. I mean, it's that small. And sometimes it's a huge theater and you're not used to that space. The key is only use the space you need to and feel comfortable in. If you just want to stand right where the microphone stand was, and that's all you need, that's fine. If you feel more comfortable pacing around a little bit during your setup, that's cool. But when you hit those punch lines, you definitely got to stand and deliver. Stand and deliver, make some eye contact, walk around a little bit while they're laughing, stand and deliver that tag, and set it up again. So it's, I mean, those are the things as far as stage picture. As far as stage presence, that's what you bring to the stage. You know, when that term is used, it's like that guy really lights up the stage. He's got a really big stage presence. Some people have that extra, extra, extra. I mean, they can walk into anywhere. They've walked in the dentist office. You're like, that guy's a star, right? <laughs> you see those kinds of people. Other people, you I mean, you have to really bring it out of them. Some people, they don't want to even have that persona on stage. They want to be kind of the, the quiet guy. So it all depends on what you want to bring out. A couple things you can do if you want to amp up your stage presence 
is one, just use your face more. Smile more. Smiles go a long way in comedy. It puts the crowd at ease. It puts you at ease. It makes the laughs come a little bit easier. And it just makes you seem like you're in control. I mean, if you got an airplane and the guy flying the plane just looked terrified the whole time, you're going to be terrified too, right? Yes. If you're a parent and you've got little kids, if you're yelling at them all the time, they're going to yell at their friends and their siblings, right? So it's all about showing control and that, that you know what's going on and they give the they totally give it up to you and they'll follow you wherever you go. But if you look kind of crazy and out of sorts, they feel it. And some crowds like to jump on that kind of, they look for the situation to jump in and start heckling. So it's all about taking control, smiling, being loose. You know, it takes some time. It's, you gotta work out the shoulders a little bit, <laughs> use your arms. You know, body language is everything. I and mean, if you hit a punchline and it doesn't work and you slink off a little bit, they know. If you move on with confidence, they feel like nothing bad happened. Yeah. Uh, my second and last question is, so, for example, you come behind somebody who just just killed it. Torched it. Right. So what is the proper way? Because you don't want to waste any jokes. Mm -hmm. You definitely don't waste any punchlines. So what's the proper way to come behind a person who just killed it? Yeah, sometimes you'll, especially when you're new, right, you might get out of, out of the lineup in a, in a place where you're not. Most shows should build. Sometimes an open mic or a showcase, they don't necessarily build, just everybody's at different levels. So if they torch it in front of you, you really have to make a couple, it's up to you, here's a couple choices you can make. One is try to ride that wave. Give them your shortest, quickest jokes if that was the pace in front of you and try to ride that wave, realizing that at some point it probably will fade out a little bit. But at least you enjoyed part of it and the transition was less noticeable. The other thing some comics do is bring it completely down. They bring you on stage, you take 10 seconds before you even say anything and completely reset the stage and build the pace up the way you want to. Yeah. A sustainable pace. And just realize again, something abnormal and terrific just happened. A comic was exceptionally good. <laughs> I need to be the best I can be after that experience. And give yourself that chance to succeed at it. Yeah. Uh, I used to get extremely mad. <laughs> Most comics, if they admit it, when you're working in a club or something and you're getting paid and the guy in front of you blew, blew away the stage and you gotta go back there and get it back down to where you need it to be, and then bring it back up to that level. Comics hate it, like, man, he's got all the laughs in the room. But what you'll find is over time, your crowd and your laughs will always be there for you. They're gonna get their laughs from that particular part of the crowd. Maybe the whole crowd loves you both and you, you both do well. But you, you have to look at it as they've raised the bar, I'm gonna try to keep it and take it another step. If you go up there scared, it's not gonna work out. Sometimes if you're just completely honest, hey, how about another round of applause for what we just witnessed? <laughs> that was magical. Oh my God. And you can even kind of go over, like, I have, I've been working for six years. I don't know how long, I've never seen anything like that before. In fact, let's bring him back up. He doesn't want to come back up? Well, you're stuck with me. All right, I'm going to do my best job to get this train back on the tracks here and just acknowledge, can you know? How, I mean, I'm talking out of turn, but how does crowd work? work into that does that help you maybe control the pace a little bit more or yeah crowd work out of somebody who's never done it now Gavin asked a good question can you use crowd work there to kind of breathe you know bridge that gap you can I think if you're more experienced crowd work is best left in the hands of the experienced comic who has an act already and is now working on that phase uh, not to say that you can't skip that and just only be a crowd working comic and develop. I've seen comics do that and we'll actually have an upcoming podcast you want to check out with Pat McCann who uh, is a house MC, started out almost as a house MC at Zany's and really developed into a great headliner. But realistically you want to 
bring it back down and get your pace set for you. And just realize that you may not get the last that last person got. It's a sh- it's a short term loss, but a long term victory if you learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. It's just but give yourself some credit. And I think comics sometimes don't just realize how how hard it is and how great it is when somebody performs that great because it shows you what you can achieve. It's on the same stage in front of the same people. You just got to do it your way. And if, if you, it takes a while, but if you get to that point, you'll be bulletproof. Okay. Uh, my last question is, I know that you're a clean comic, right? Um, in some place I perform there, don't do clean comedy. My question is, how do you, like, I write to where I can put filler words in if I need to, but how do you remember two sets in the back of your head <laughs> when you perform, like, um, for example, I do a lot of churches now. Right. But sometimes I'm asked to do a show at some place that they don't want anything near clean. Right. How do you balance the two and still be on point? I, I'll tell you what I do, and I didn't always, and it took me a while to get there, and it's, it's a little bit tricky. But when it comes down to it, you know, I'm a Christian, and when I perform in churches, I'm a Christian. When I'm not performing in churches and I'm in clubs, I'm still a Christian on stage. My comedy is clean. I'm not preaching up there. But I also want to re- represent my religion in a way that is true to me and true to my religion. So I couldn't do both. Afterward, I decided that and realized, it was really just realizing that. I mean, that's the last thing, if I was gonna go do a show at a church, like we watched a couple YouTube clips, I'm like, well, that was at a club. Yeah, but it was you. That doesn't, it doesn't translate. So at some point, you know, get comfortable with the fact that you are who you are. And if you're gonna perform in, and especially in the church, you know, I think you need to represent across the board. And it can be tricky, and it may mean that you don't go to some places anymore, even though you need the stage time. Or it just means you go to those places and you do the best job you can and stick to your guns and be clean and just develop strong. It'll make you tougher. But if you can be funny in front of a crowd that just saw a bunch of dirty stuff and just go do a clean set and don't bring, don't bring a ton of attention to this next comic is squeaky clean. He just performed at right. the First Baptist <laughs> Church. Just have him do your normal introduction yeah. and just be funny. It's a hidden weapon. Right. Because, you know, I do, I go to, um, do a lot of churches. I do a lot of other events. You know, it's kind of like, you know, I don't want to be known as just a Christian comic or mm-hmm. just a clean comic. I just want to be able to do comedy across the board. Is that possible or is it? It'll drive you crazy. Okay. It's just like, you're a brand. And that's, people probably hate hearing that. But in reality, when you get booked to do a show at a comedy club, they need to know what your style is and who you are so they can pair up the other two comics around you. And they'll start with the headliner, they know what that headliner is, and they put two comics that complement that and aren't the same thing. So at some point, you'll have to be a consistent whatever and not six different things. You know, it sounds great that I can do a show in front of any crowd, but truly, the, the, the lowest, the, the common denominator should be that I am funny all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm clean and funny if that's what you're going after. Mm-hmm. It, you just can't split off in the long run and do all those different things. Because right. I don't want to be, um, one of my goals that I told myself I wouldn't be is be a filthy comic. Mm-hmm. Even if I say something that's not considered clean, it's a category that I won't go, and that's completely raw comedy. It's just something that I'm not into because it cuts certain people off. Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, it's, it's super tricky at the beginning. Because you need all paying gigs coming your way to make that jump into being a full-time comic. So there's gigs that aren't going to be exactly perfect for you. Eventually, you need to phase those out and develop where you need to be. 
but initially you just have to really stick to your guns you know it's going to be a lot easier to to write for one niche or one area constantly and pouring all your effort into that than trying to find ways to please five different kinds of crowds and five different kinds of styles okay. it takes a while i won't say that i jumped right into it and figured it out but i know i mean when any comic we mention now you'll know why they're funny right and some comics say yeah i've got a clean show and i've got my club show and they do some corporate gigs and do some club things they probably don't do either one really great they both do both pretty good and pretty good is not bad yeah you know but do, are you, do you want to take the fast track to average or you want to take the long journey to being excellent and it's it's tough to be patient for things like that all right good questions though i've, I've wrestled with all those things cool all right well let's uh let's get the next uh, victim in here <laughs> Next up is Lamel. We'll leave the last names off for now. Casey comes <laughs> no, up with a stage name. Guilty. But Lamel, before we just jump into this, how long have you been getting on stage? And, and I've actually been it? doing comedy almost ten years, and uh, I've been doing okay. But I needed some training that I didn't receive, um, so I came to put pressure on Rick. Um, <laughs> I actually moved my family here. Like I said, I did comedy in, in, in Arkansas. But I moved my family here when I saw, when I went to the Zanis um, um, website, I saw the class and I said, that's what I need. You know, I know I'm funny. Like I said, we had to have that confidence. I know I'm funny, but I needed to train it. So um, that's why I'm here. I'm taking notes. I'm just, you know, sucking all this in. I mean, taking all this in. And, um, um, so that's why I'm here. The uh, I've learned so much in just the, the one or two classes, you cool. know. And uh, is your and family I'm, cool with the move yet? Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll see in a few <laughs> few months. But uh, I guess I had a question. Uh, like, like you said, most comics, if the introduction, suppose they kill you on your introduction mm -hmm. to the stage, how do you overcome? That's, that's that. a good question. I don't think we've ever talked about that. But, yeah, sometimes they'll muddle your introduction completely up. And you kind of have, once again, there's always a choice. You can address it and mm -hmm. say, well, he gave it a shot, but this is really what I wanted to, want him to say, mm -hmm. and then spill it out. Or you just take it, take it as a lump and move ahead. Now, the, the tricky part is if your introduction set up your first joke. And if that's the case, you might want to just emphasize that when you have the MC. You know, when you hand them the intro and say, this really sets up my first joke, so I don't ask a lot, but can you try to nail this for me? Right. And they'll either say yes or no, or they'll try and they'll mess it up, or they'll try and they'll get it right. But the key is know that it will happen sometimes, mm -hmm. and just go ahead and make a decision. What are you going to do when it, when it does happen? Right. You know, right. are you going to reset it and tell them who you are and where you're from? Mm -hmm. Or are you just going to just move ahead and just... I mean, I, when, I, when I used to MC shows a lot, I would occasionally... I mean, I remember this one guy, Mike Preston. I think he lived in Chicago. We did all these gigs up in the north, like in Wisconsin and Illinois and stuff. And, man, I messed his intro up five times in a row. <laughs> it wasn't overly long, mm -hmm. but it was on an index card, and I just could not memorize it. Mm -hmm. And I messed it up five. And the fifth time, he really got mad on stage. And he's like, Rick, all you got to do is get this three sentences right. And mm -hmm. we've had five chances at it. Well, you know, Can you just get it right once? And he, mm -hmm. I could tell it. I wasn't trying to do that to mess it up, mm -hmm. but I wasn't trying hard enough to get it right. And I think back in those days, I probably had a couple of beverages before my <laughs> show and after, and that was my unprofessionalism, you know. But he he wrote it out four times before he finally called me out on it. And from that day I had, I never let that happen again. Mm -hmm. I really tried to get it right. And I find myself now, if I start to mess it up, 
I'll back up and get it right. So if they're making a recording of their show, at least they get everything that they wanted on the recording right. Okay. My second question is, I'm more of an entertainer. You're, you're teaching me to do jokes now. That's I have never – I've done jokes, but the structure that you're teaching me I hadn't had. I'm, I sing and I dance. That's mostly how I come on stage with some loud music. I'm dancing. It's like, oh, my God, look at this big old guy right. that can really move. <laughs> so that kind of throws – the. Uh, it kind of gets the crowd. And then I could just do my little segment, and then I end with a crazy song or something. And um, – and then I go off stage. So that's what I've been normally doing. So now it's like, now you're in the classroom learning how to deliver jokes. So that's why I'm here and it's, it's helping me out. So then I can do the other stuff. I already know how to do the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is helping my other you know, game out as far as doing comedy. So. Cool, yeah, it should help. It, what'll help a lot, I think, is having the extra gears. You know, if, mm-hmm. if you only have the high energy thing and the performance thing down, at some point, they're going to be looking for something different. Just to, you right, know, right? Because if you start with music and end with music, something in between has to not be music, right? Or it has to be a different style. You know, it has to. Mm-hmm. There has to be some misdirection and some fun stuff in there. Mm-hmm. That's and, what I think I was missing that in between. Yeah, and I, I think I, I know that, and I, I know guys. I mean, I, I used to play guitar mm-hmm. predominantly in my show, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of hid behind it a little bit, even though I yeah. I did okay with it, and it's helped me get into some places and do some things mm-hmm. uh, down the road, but. Initially, I wasn't confident enough in my writing, mm-hmm. and it's taken me a while, but I, I feel comfortable now going anywhere with a guitar or without it, or if I fly somewhere and they lose the guitar, I can still do my show without it, right. and actually some groups prefer it without, mm-hmm. you know, and some groups you might get in front of may not have the sound system to support your music, or there might be a chance, you just might be in, and I recommend this to all comics that live within the vicinity of a comedy club. Come to the club on your night off dressed as if you were going to perform on stage in case somebody doesn't show up wow. because it happens every week somewhere if, and, mm-hmm. and you'll get called up on stage. Well, what if you didn't bring your it's CDs or what if yeah. the acts you're in front of don't want a big musical performer in front of them? You can go up and do your set. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you saying that and, and acknowledging that and knowing that going forward you're going to have more options. Right. And it should make your other stuff even better. Right. That's great. You so, know, so cool. I'm, and did you I, really move here? Yes, sir. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just, just being honest. And um, well, I wish the podcast would have happened a year earlier for you, so you wouldn't have to make the trip and the family. But hey, that's I appreciate I mean, this that. Is that's a good place. Cool. Yeah, this is a good place to be, and I appreciate you taking out the time. A lot of comics do not do this, and I, like I said, been in Little Rock. Nobody teaches anything, and um, I appreciate that. You bet, man. Thank it you. sounds yeah. great. All right. So it's me again. Gavin's back on the mic. How are we? Um, so I guess, you know, one thing I guess in retrospect, listening to all these guys, it, it, the class is sort of, you come in with a certain expectation and it sort of breaks that down. It breaks you down, really, because, you know, it brings out all the fears, all the things that you think in your head. <laughs> the comedy drill sergeant. It is, yeah. <laughs> and then, come on, and, private. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, because you basically say, you know, hey, by the way, you're not good at uh, your opening 15 seconds. You're terrible. Um, and then it builds you back up. And, and and the whole goal of the class is uh, kind of the, the, the progression is you do three classes and then a graduation. So everything's leading up to that moment that you know you're going to be on stage in front of people and hopefully you will be built up back enough, you know, to, to perform there. Um, what's what, what's the next, you know, what's the next things that we can be working on for next next time? 
Between second and third class? Between second and third class. Okay. Well, I'll just set up really quickly what we do in the first and second and yeah. third. And, and maybe maybe you're a comic out there and you've thought about running a workshop but didn't have any ideas. Here's a couple of things that we do in the performance class. Uh, the first class, I just ask them to come in with three minutes prepared. And we get up on stage, we work it out, and we give feedback. Second class, we add a couple of wrinkles. Within that three minutes, I want you to act something out on stage. Use a voice that's not your own. Have an intro prepared and have a 15 second or less joke that you can lead off with. So that's what we did tonight. This is our second session tonight that, we, that we're taping after. And then next week they're gonna come in and do three minutes. We won't give extensive feedback afterwards, but I'll stop them in the middle of a sentence to try to tweak something. Oh God. We'll make sure we have the mic techniques down and that you're comfortable, you're not too loud or you're not eating the that mic. That was one of my horrible ones. I was gripping the microphone like I you was trying to kill grip. it. Yeah, yeah. man. That, the crowd can kind of sense those little bitty things. Yeah, I could sense it. Yeah. I felt like a pan- I was having like a panic attack. Gripping that thing like crazy. Yeah, and it just it shows through, and that's natural. I mean, I'm yeah. sure I did the same thing. And then the main thing for next week is to try to have most of it committed to memory. It's just a three-minute set, so the the more you have it down, and we know that we haven't even tried this out in front of a crowd yet. Right. But the more you have the basic idea down, the more you can actually get to the performance part of it. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes. I almost feel like this is writing comedy class part two because we do a lot talk about the, the the actual joke and material, but that is part of the performance. Yeah. But I'm trying to free you up so you can have some fun up there. Yeah. You know the best. The thing second in- time was way more fun than Absolutely. the first one. The first one, I have not had a colonoscopy, but I assume that's what it feels like. <laughs> it Just was not fun. Hopefully not eight other people watching it go down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I like to do mine like that. Yeah. You know? a, lot, a lot of the colonoscopies are up on YouTube now. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, a lot of a lot of hits on that. But uh, awkward. Thank you very much for the class. Uh, it was great, you know. We cool. Making a lot of progress. I thank everybody for sticking around for the podcast. I hope you guys come back, and I hope you're still here uh, <laughs> for our initial podcast. And I appreciate you being here for this. And we've got a bunch ready to roll. We're gonna roll them out every week. So, much so stuff. seven days from this initial broadcast, you'll see the next, and Boom. and they're gonna be more and more as we go on. More questions from you. Send them into schooloflaughs at gmail.com. Yes. And make sure you check out schooloflaughs.com, and you can post some comments on there and connect. But we want to hear what you're wondering about, and we'll try to solve some problems and have some more fun. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. For information on upcoming classes, check out schooloflaughs.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a ranking on iTunes. Send any questions or comments to schooloflaughs at gmail.com. And until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay funny.